This is the Rundown. The Rundown. The Rundown. Hosted by Luke Lipinski. 98.7 FM, Arizona's Sports Station. Well, well, well. Hope you had a good Monday. Tim Ring filling in for Luke Lipinski. It is just after 6 o'clock on Monday, March 1st. And what a day we had here in the Valley. I mean, are you kidding me? Uh, Jeff Darge behind the glass in charge uh, tonight. Uh, Jeff, what were you doing at around 10 to 11 today? Getting a little coffee at the grocery store? Sleeping? What were you doing? Uh, you called me out. I was sleeping. <laughs> these, these young guys, they, they sleep till 11 still. You know, it's a typical Monday, right? You're getting ready for work. You're thinking about your agenda for the week. Maybe you're in the car out on a sales call. Figuring out what's going on business-wise. Maybe if you're not the working type, you're running some errands. You're at the grocery store. You're sipping on your coffee. You're you're running errands. Sports-wise, you're thinking about that Suns win last night over the T-Wolves. You're looking ahead to tomorrow night's game against the Lakers, the All-Star break. If you're an ASU basketball fan, you've got a game at 1 o'clock, or you thought you had a game coming up against Washington State. If you're a D-backs fan, you're thinking about preseason game or spring training uh, training game uh, number two uh, a little bit later today against the Brewers. And then out of nowhere, at about 10.50 Arizona time, like a Mike Tyson roundhouse right in 1987, bam! Damn! Gambo's still here. Bam, Gambo! Like a John Gambadora roundhouse right in 1982. On the streets of New York, it hits you on Twitter. Courtesy, not Adam Schefter, not Ian Rappaport, not Fields Yates, Yates, not any of these other NFL guys. It comes from the man himself. J.J. Watt tweets as he's working out lifting weights, doing a leg press, I think, wearing an Arizona Cardinals shirt. The caption reads, source colon me. Yeah. That's it. Bam! Wow! (laughs) Are you kidding me? The Arizona Cardinals seemingly out of nowhere come to terms with future Hall of Famer J.J. Watt. Bam! Game changer. Now listen, the guys have been talking about it all day. You know, the impact this has, the dangers perhaps, the concerns what it's going to do in the locker room, what it's going to do for Vance Joseph's defense. We'll get into all that as well. But just from a a, a surprise fact here, J.J. Watt becoming a member of the Arizona Cardinals was not on anybody's radar. The surprise impact this news had sent shockwaves not only here in Phoenix, but around the entire NFL and the entire country. It is all anybody's been talking about today. Now, if you've been at work all day, you're just getting in your car, I'll reset the numbers quick. J.J. Watt, two years, $31 million, $23 million guaranteed. He's 31 years old. He'll be 32 in three weeks. So essentially, J.J. Watt is 32 years old. Five-time Pro Bowler, five-time first-team All-Pro. He's missed 32 games in the last five seasons. But he played all 16 games last year. We'll kind of dissect all those numbers coming up in a little little bit. 
He's the fourth player in NFL history to reach 100 sacks in 120 games, joining the likes of Reggie White, Bruce Smith, and DeMarcus Ware. And speaking of Reggie White, a lot of comparisons here from where I sit, and I'm going to get into that a little bit later on. But this was remarkable, again, from that surprise factor. I mean, nobody was talking about J.J. Watt to the Arizona Cardinals. The day he was released from the Texans, on these airwaves, there were discussions because that's what the guys here are paid to do. You know, the great Dave Burns, who I always considered to be the, the voice of reason on this station, you know, brought up the real simple fact. Yeah, the Cardinals may very well be interested in J.J. Watt, but as Burns, he said that very day, I'm not sure that J.J. Watt would be interested in the Arizona Cardinals. And I was in my car that day, and I agreed with him wholeheartedly, 100%. No, you looked at the other options you thought he would have, whether it would be the homecoming to the Green Bay Packers or the brothers on the Pittsburgh Steelers or the teams that were, quote-unquote, a step away from the Super Bowl, literally, like the Packers and the Buffalo Bills, who were certainly in the hunt for his services. But it's the Arizona Cardinals who not only come up with the money, but they paint a picture to J.J. Watt that was acceptable to the 31-year-old that this was a place he wanted to come to not only play football, but to chase a championship. Speaking of Adam Schefter, here's what Adam Schefter from ESPN had to say earlier today about how this went down in terms of J.J. Watt and the Cardinals consummating this marriage. Listen, J.J. Watt has spent the last couple of weeks talking to teams. He had interest from the Buffalo Bills. He had interest in the Cleveland Browns. Had some interest from the Indianapolis Colts. But ultimately, the Arizona Cardinals stepped up to the highest level here. And he decided to go to a team and follow the same path that one DeAndre Hopkins went. So now it's become the Arizona Texans out there in the desert with DeAndre Mm -hmm. Hopkins, J.J. Watt, playing out in Arizona, and he gets to play there with Chandler Jones, gets to play in warm weather, could have opted to go elsewhere. I know people found it to be very intriguing and glamorous to send him to Green Bay. Don't think that was ever realistic. Glamorous and and romantic to play with his brothers in Pittsburgh. Didn't have enough money. Don't think that was ever going to happen. And so Arizona was the team that stepped up here, and J.J. Watt is one of the first big free agent dominoes to fall, and he was allowed to sign, obviously, because Houston – had released him from his contract, unlike the other free agents who are free to enter into deals starting on March 17th. Yeah, and there you go. And as Gambo reported earlier today that maybe the Cleveland Browns offered more money, so this might not have been a total cash grab by J.J. Watt. And even if it was, who cares? If the Cardinals stepped up financially more than any other team, so what? They did what it took to get their guy. Steve Kime wants to make this roster and this defense better. He went out and got a guy, (laughs) you know, who's one of the best to ever do it, period. Now, you can talk about the body breaking down lately, and we'll get into some of that. But two of these three injuries that sideline Watt in these past three seasons, there's no reason to believe that there will be a residual effect on his performance going forward. Broken legs heal. 
Guys come back to play at 100%. Torn pecs heal. Guys come back to play at 100%. And he's not 34 years old. He's 31, soon to be 32. And now he's going to pair with Chandler Jones to form one of the more lethal sack combinations this league has ever seen. Since Chandler Jones came into the league in 2012, Chandler Jones has 97 sacks. Nobody in the league has more. Do you know who has the second most? J.J. Watt, 95.5. The two most prolific sack artists in the last near decade in the league are now on the same defense. Game changer. There is no doubt about it. The Cardinals are closer to a championship at 6-10 today than they were at 6-10 this morning. Now, I know he has to stay healthy. I know he has to fit into Vance Joseph's defense. There are no sure things. But the Cardinals went out and got their man today, and they are a whole lot better. And where are they going to play him? We're going to find out. Inside, outside, pairing him opposite Chandler Jones, more than likely. But as the guest that Burns and Gambo had on from the Houston Sports Radio Station said, you know, quite eloquently, you know, J.J. Watt last year on that Houston defense, don't get caught up in the numbers which weren't exactly gaudy last year for Watt. Even though he played 16 games, he only had five sacks. But as the gentleman pointed out, he was not playing with NFL-caliber defensive teammates. Teams had one guy to game plan for and run away from, and it was J.J. Watt. Now that he's on a defense with better players, guys like Chandler Jones, defenses can't focus solely on number 99. Or will he be 99? More on that in a bit as well. Expect J.J. Watt to have a big year here in 2021. 101 career sacks for J.J. Watt. Again, only five sacks in 2020. But again, pro football focus, and I know people have a love-hate relationship with the guys over at PFF, but despite only five sacks in 2020, pro football focus had J.J. Watt graded as a top 10 defensive lineman in 2020. That's how effective Watt was last year, despite not having big-time sack numbers. So a lot to get into with J.J. Watt coming up in the next two hours. Real quick, want to touch on the Suns. Off tonight, Lakers tomorrow, 8 o'clock tip in L.A. Devin Booker, Western Conference Player of the Week, 43 points season high in that win over the T-Wolves last night. Sloppy game for the Suns, no doubt about it. But they hit the gas pedal in the third quarter, won that game going away. D-backs a loser today again, 7-1 the final to the Brewers. That game was called after 8. And Arizona State was slated to play Washington State today in a matinee at 1 o'clock in Tempe. That game was canceled, postponed, probably will not be replayed because of COVID issues, testing issues within the Washington State program So ASU right now scheduled to finish the regular season on the road Thursday at Colorado and then Saturday at Utah before the Pac-12 tournament begins 
on March 10th. All right, coming up, more on the out of the deep blue signing of J.J. Watt to the Big Red Sea. How shocked are those around the NFL that Watt is heading to Arizona? We'll hear from one Houston writer who says very. It's the rundown. Tim Ringen for Luke Lipinski, Arizona Sports 98.7. All righty, rundown returns. Tim Ring filling in for Luke Lipensky on a Monday night. Monday night, and what a what a crazy Monday it's been here in Phoenix. Around ten to eleven this morning, JJ Watt takes it upon himself to break the big news. Source: Colin Me. JJ Watt coming to the Arizona Cardinals after what's already been a Hall of Fame career with the Houston Texans. He wanted his release after the season. He got it several weeks ago. Upwards of nine teams were interested in his services. Conventional wisdom was that Watt had hometown ties to the Green Bay Packers. He's a Wisconsin guy. The Packers are clearly on the doorstep of a Super Bowl, reaching the NFC Championship game the last two years. You know Aaron Rodgers has been begging and pleading for his front office to go out and get him some help on either side of the ball, somebody to get them over that hump after coming so close the last two years. That looked like a fit. Buffalo reaching the AFC Championship game last year, making a strong push for J.J. Watt. His brothers playing in Pittsburgh. Adam Schefter saying the Steelers never really seriously in it they just did not have the money Watt was not going to take a discount he loves his brothers but not that much but then the Arizona Cardinals I mean out of nowhere come up and get the deal done now speaking of out of nowhere I'll get into that more in a bit because I think the Cardinals organization they are really locked down now when it comes to leaking information to the media and that's a good thing But in terms of around the league, how shocking was the decision by Watt to sign with Arizona? You know, John McClain has covered the Houston sports scene for about 100 years. Uh, He was on earlier today with Bickley and Murata, and they asked McClain if he had any inclination that Arizona was even in the mix for J.J. Watt. First of all, I'm shocked. I never had the Cardinals in my list of the top five, never even thought of the Cardinals. Because Watt wanted to go, we thought, to a Super Bowl contender, and he wanted to have fun again. Well, he can have fun out there, of course, in a great city, great stadium, playing for a fun coach. And Cliff Kingsbury, and he knows the defensive coordinator, Vance Joseph, because Vance's first year here and secondary coach under Wade Phillips was Watt's first year here in 2011. And then Watt started next to Angelo Blackson when Angelo was here, so He's got people, of course, Hopkins first and foremost. And as I wrote for our website, there's at least one game for Texans fans to get excited about next season, and that's because of Watt and Hopkins and the Cardinals. Uh, you know, okay, so you know, John McClain later in that interview also admitted that you know J.J. Watt and DeAndre DeAndre Hopkins were not exactly close in Houston. So the the lure to Arizona. I mean, he knows Hopkins is a great player, don't get me wrong. You you want to play with other great players. Uh, But there wasn't a friendship pull from Hopkins to Watt, according to McClain. 
And then I know there's the Vance Joseph tie from his time in Houston. You know, but Vance Joseph's defense here in Arizona hasn't exactly set the league on fire. And nor has Cliff Kingsbury as a head coach. So you look for some of the things that may have drawn Watt to Arizona. Ed Warder earlier today tweeted that one of the items high on Watt's criteria was he wanted to play for an organization with a great quarterback. An organization that settled at quarterback. So clearly, you know, when you talk about Watt's other options, hello Aaron Rodgers, (laughs) hello Josh Allen, hello Baker Mayfield, Watt clearly put Kyler Murray in that neighborhood. If you are to believe what Ed Warder said. So that's a feather in Murray's cap and certainly a feather in the Cardinals organizational cap. That J.J. Watt thought enough of Kyler Murray that he wanted to come play football here for at least a couple of years. You know, did weather have a factor? You know, when guys get older and they've had some injury problems, I mean, do you want to go? I mean, (laughs) Cleveland, Buffalo, and Green Bay? I mean, come on, right? I mean, weather-wise, they're about three of the worst in the league. And I know I've lived in Green Bay. It's bad. You know, so from that standpoint was, you know, the money the Cardinals were offering coupled with the fact, you know, you play in the sunshine here for the most part and you play indoors, you know, when need be. You play on grass, good on the knees. You know, how much of a factor was that? You know, J.J. Watt, it's remarkable when you when you think about what this guy has done in his career. You know, you throw out the, the numbers and the sack totals and you just kind of inhale them and you kind of go in one year and out the other. But to put it in perspective, I mean, this guy was the three a three-time NFL Defensive Player of the Year in a short stretch. I mean, think about that. A three-time NFL Defensive Player of the Year. Been to the Pro Bowl five times, which, you know, they hand out Pro Bowl bids like candy around here. Not not overly impressive. But the one accolade that jumps out to me in terms of honors, J.J. Watt in his career, five-time, first-team, all-pro. Now that's something you hang your hat on. That's not a Pro Bowl bid, everybody. Five-time, first-team, all-pro. Let me put that in perspective. Larry Fitzgerald. Do you know how many times Fitz, in his Hall of Fame career, has been named first-team, all-pro? Believe it or not, only one time. As great as Larry Fitzgerald has been, arguably one of the top two Receivers in the history of the game, certainly top five, top three. Only once has he been has he been first team all pro. JJ Watt, five time first team all pro. And that's on the field. We all have a pretty good sense, even though we haven't been living in Houston, what kind of guy this is off the field, the foundation, the work in the community. The culture in the locker room, the leadership, the will to win, the kind of guy, you know, the old saying, a rising tide lifts all boats. 
When J.J. Watt's in your locker room, he demands excellence. When he's on the football field, he demands excellence. When J.J. Watt lines up next to another defensive lineman, that player instantly becomes a better player for a variety of reasons, but he does. J.J. Watt makes your team better. From a culture standpoint, from a leadership standpoint, from a community standpoint, and most importantly, obviously, from an X's and O's football standpoint. And, you know, the Arizona Cardinals, the way they kept this under wraps, phenomenal. You know, in the year of our Lord, 2021, secrets are not kept. With the amount of NFL media swarming around, guys like Schefter and Rappaport, any little morsel these guys tend to get, if not from the team, but from the player agent or maybe even the player himself. I mean, somewhere along the line, you would have heard, you would think that the Cardinals were in the mix or the Cardinals were close or the Cardinals were on J.J. Watt's shortlist. But, you know, and we've seen this now more and more with the Arizona Cardinals. And I think it's a credit to them and their organization that they keep stuff in-house and they are buttoned up. And I don't know if that trickled down from Mike Bidwell at some point or it trickled down from Steve Kime. Or maybe it didn't trickle down from anybody and they just decided to do it all at once. But it seems to me that this is an organization now that is playing its cards close to the vest, no pun intended, and leaks are no longer coming out of the Cardinals facility over there on Hardy. And I think that's a good thing. I think that's a good thing. You know, I think a lot of guys like to be buddy-buddy with the national media and throw them little tidbits here and there. The agents certainly do. You know, but when it comes to the business of the Arizona Cardinals, stuff is just no longer getting out. So when this hit today, it took us all by surprise. Everybody. Nobody saw this coming. And I thought that was pretty cool, actually. (laughs) It made it that much more of a surprise and that much more exciting. You know, like when the Suns acquired Chris Paul, we all knew that was coming for weeks. I mean, it was talked about and written about and pontificated about. And then it finally happened. It was like, oh, all right, they finally got him. Today, it was like, let's throw a parade. The Cardinals got J.J. Watt. He's here for two years, maybe more. Only 31. 32 in a few weeks. Coming up, the signing of J.J. Watt. What about the trickle-down effect now on that roster? Fitzgerald, Reddick, Peterson, Ron Wolfley, a fired-up Wolf. Weighs in on that and more after the break. It's the Rundown, Arizona Sports, 98.7. All right, 6.50 on a Monday night. Tim Ring in for Luke Lipinski. It is the rundown. It is J.J. Watt night. What a day in Arizona. J.J. Watt uh, signs a two-year deal, $31 million, $23 million guaranteed. And, you know, I talked about Ron Wolfley there at the end of the segment saying, hey, I like the fact it's only $23 million guaranteed. But it's interesting, you know, you, you cruise around the Internet. Sean Salisbury, former NFL quarterback, 
a former ESPN talking head, now does sports radio in Houston. Tweets out, I love J.J. Watt as a player in person, but he's not sniffing a ring the next two years. Okay. Okay. Maybe so. Maybe not. You don't know. You don't know. See, the one thing, I've been doing this a long time. And to make definitive statements like that, I've tried to stay away from that because you just don't know. Now, I sit here today and I fully admit this may not work. You know, the Cardinals may go seven and nine next year and Cliff Kingsbury and Steve Kime may get fired. That could happen. But it could go the other way. You know, Cliff Cliff figures it out. Kyler Murray takes another leap at quarterback. J.J. Watt and Chandler Jones wreak havoc in that division. You know, maybe the 49ers and Seahawks have injury problems. Maybe the Rams come back to earth like they did a couple of years ago. You know, maybe the Cardinals win 11 games. Maybe they get a bye in the first round. Maybe they win one home playoff game and bam, they're in the NFC Championship game. Which at last check is how it happens. And then are you sniffing a ring? I think so. I mean, you just don't know. Bart Scott, on his little radio show in New York City, said this was a cash grab by J.J. Watt. Keyshawn Johnson, ever the pessimist and cardinal hater, joined Burns and Gambo today. We'll hear what he had to say a little bit later on. Uh, says that you know J.J. Watt is not going to make a difference uh, when it comes to the Cardinals and their championship aspirations or make enough of a difference. Kurt Warner disagrees. You know, I'm in the camp of Kurt Warner. You know, to what level he makes you better, we're going to find out. But you can't argue with the fact that the Cardinals are a better football team with J.J. Watt than they're not, which in essence makes them closer to a championship. You know, I get it. He has to stay healthy. You know, but when I when I hear torn peck and broken leg, that doesn't bother me. Yeah, back, eh, it's a little dicey. Because those can come back. You know, those can those can play havoc with a career. No doubt about it. But a broken leg, it heals. A torn peck, it heals. The guy's 31 years of age. Now, if you're a little bit older, the very first big NFL free agent signing happened back in 1994. It was also a defensive lineman. And it also elicited a lot of the same responses we're hearing from guys like Salisbury and Scott and Keyshawn Johnson. When Reggie White went on his tour, he had already pretty much completed a Hall of Fame career with Philadelphia. And at the age of 31, he sought out his new team. And when I say tour, boy, it was a tour. And remember, this is pre-internet and pre-24-7 sports news on television. Everybody knew every city Reggie White was in, and they came out and rolled out the red carpet in at least a half dozen to maybe more cities, all coveting the great Reggie White. Now, Reggie ended up, as you all know, signing with the Green Bay Packers, which was unheard of at the time. 
Now, Reggie's motivation was not financial. The, the Lord told Reggie to sign with Green Bay. But neither here nor there, it elicited the same reactions. What in the heck is Reggie White doing? They got a young quarterback who's a loose cannon. It's football Siberia. They haven't won anything. They're never going to win anything. But Reggie White went there and he changed that culture. And at the age of 31, and this is my point when it pertains to J.J. Watt, was very much in his prime. Reggie White at the age of 31, and this is 1994. When you think of the advances in nutrition and sports medicine and the way guys can get players ready to play now as opposed to then, J.J. Watt has a lot of gas in the tank. There is a lot of good football ahead of J.J. Watt. Now listen, if the back goes out, then the back goes out. But at the age of 31, that, that, doesn't, that doesn't bother me. Reggie White signed at the age of 31. Three years later, he was in the Super Bowl, hoisting the Lombardi Trophy after a three-sack performance against Drew Bledsoe, Bill Parcells, and the New England Patriots in the Superdome in New Orleans. That was three years later when he was 34. And J.J. Watt, when you talk talk about a dominant Hall of Fame athlete, defensive line specimen, is in that same echelon as the great Reggie White. So I bring up that comparison solely because of the age. Because I know people look at, well, he's 31. 31's not that old. And I just talked about another defensive lineman at the same age, Signed a free agent contract, went on to win all pro accolades and a Super Bowl years later with that new team. So if J.J. Watt's body does not let him down, there's a lot of good football left in number 99. There is no question about it. Let's get to a break. I do want to talk about coming up. As we continue to talk about J.J. Watt, when you talk about free agent signings, we'll get to this after the break because we're up against it. When you talk about free agent signings for Arizona pro sports teams, where does this rank when it comes to the buzz factor? Got to be up there in the top two or three, right, Jeff? Jeff Darge behind the glass tonight? Got to be, right? Oh, certainly. Now, when you talk about the impact And the results, this one's TBD. And a lot of times, the buzz factor of a free agent signing doesn't always equal big-time results, Zach Ranke. But after the break, let's talk a little bit about the top buzz factor signings when they happened, when you talk about free agents. And remember, Barkley and Hopkins and Chris Paul were trades. Okay, free agent signings like we had today with J.J. Watt. So not only buzz factor when they happened, but then also results-wise. What were the best results-wise free agent signings in Arizona sports history? One of them actually is on both lists. See if you can figure it out after the break. 
Coming up in addition to that, top of the hour, we're going to reset the table on what? If you've been busy at the office all day, just getting into your car, we're going to recap the day, how it all went down. We're going to hear from Adam Schefter, get his thoughts on how the Cardinals ended up with J.J. Watt, give you the numbers again. It's a rundown. Tim Ring in for Luke Lipinski, Arizona Sports, 98.7. The Rundown with Luke Lipinski, 98.7 FM, Arizona's sports station. All right, Tim Ring in for Luke Lipinski. A little 70s music there, Jeffrey, behind the glass. This is uh, this is uh, out of, actually out of uh, Luke's music beds. Oh, it even has like a break there? That's nice. Oh. He, I gotta say, uh, we, Luke is kind of funkalicious, huh? We have a lot of music options back here. His picks are almost always the best. Because <laughs> they're all just like grooving like this. All right. He doesn't pay you to say that, does he? He should. (laughs) If he's listening right now. I'm a man of many tastes, yes. But if if you say Luke's picks are good, then I will wholeheartedly believe you. I never heard that particular cut before, but I got to say I kind of liked it. A little groovy. Little groovy. All right, yeah. Tim ring in for Luke Lipinski. It's about seven oh two on a Monday night. A lot of JJ Watt talk all day today, and why not? It has dominated the sports scene today. Dominated the airwaves. Uh, for one, obviously, a huge day for the Arizona Cardinals. So much to talk about in terms of you know not only the the risk reward of a potential signing of Watt, where this thing could go, but also the fact it just came out of nowhere. You know, nobody had any idea that the Cardinals were even in the mix. So when you get a surprise signing like this, you know, the jolt is so extreme that, you know, the endorphins get flowing and everybody wants to talk about it. You know, the first person I saw today, I think I was at the grocery store and I said, hey, the Cardinals signed J.J. Watt. I didn't even know the guy. I just wanted to tell him. I was that excited. You know, so uh, the Cardinals get him for two years, $31 million, $23 million guaranteed. Just want to reset the table in case you're just getting into your car. They've been busy all day. Uh, the Cardinals got him. There were as many as nine teams involved. Uh, a lot of conventional wisdom thought Watt would go home to Wisconsin uh, and play for the Green Bay Packers, a team that reached the NFC Championship game the last two years but fell short and Watt maybe would be the final piece to maybe get them over that hump or maybe go to Pittsburgh where his brothers play or Buffalo, uh, a team that also was very close to making the Super Bowl, obviously, uh, a year ago. But in the end, uh, the Cardinals not only offered the financial package that Watt was looking for, uh, but also the culture and the lineup and the weather and the locker room and the coaching staff and the entire package that enticed Watt to sign on the dotted line uh, with Arizona. Now, for a little more on how it went down, Adam Schefter uh, earlier today uh, had this to say from ESPN. Listen, J.J. Watt has spent the last couple of weeks talking to teams. He had interest from the Buffalo Bills. He had interest in the Cleveland Browns. Had some interest from the Indianapolis Colts. But ultimately, the Arizona Cardinals stepped up to the highest level here, and he decided to go to a team and follow the same path that one DeAndre Hopkins went. So now it's become the Arizona Texans out there in the desert with DeAndre Hopkins, J.J. Watt playing out in Arizona, and he gets to play there with Chandler Jones, gets to play in warm weather, could have opted to go elsewhere. I know people found it to be very intriguing and glamorous to send them to Green Bay. Don't think that was ever realistic. Glamorous and, and romantic to play with his brothers in Pittsburgh. Didn't have enough money. Don't think that was ever going to happen. And so Arizona was the team that stepped up here 
And J.J. Watt is one of the first big free agent dominoes to fall. And he was allowed to sign, obviously, because Houston had released him from his contract, unlike the other free agents who are free to enter into deals starting on March 17th. Yeah, and now we'll see how much money the Cardinals have to spend on other free agents. And some of the fallout, you know, with Larry Fitzgerald, we heard from Ron Wolfley about this. And, you know, would it affect Larry Fitzgerald in terms of being more excited to come back, thinking that he's got a better chance now to chase that elusive ring now that J.J. Watt is in the fold? You could also make the case that, you know, the the Brenson Buckner tweet – you know, has some merit from the end of the season when he said that Larry Fitzgerald had already made his decision that he was going to retire. And maybe the Cardinals know that Fitz is already out the door and they know they have that $11 million to spend. And that made it easier to go out and get it. JJ Watt. We don't know. That's pure speculation. Or, you know, Larry Fitzgerald is going to do what he wants to do. Does he want to play or not? And whether or not J.J. Watt is on that defense or not does not factor into Larry's decision. I could see that going all kinds of different ways. Uh, this is the latest we've had to wait for Fitz's decision in the Willie or won't he retire era. Uh, so you wonder now if we are, you know, days or weeks away from finding out that answer. J.J. Watt, you can't argue with the numbers. Chandler Jones now has a running mate that gives them one of the more prolific sack combo guys you know, in the history of the game. Since Jones came into the league, he leads the NFL in sacks with 97, 2012. Right behind him, J.J. Watt, 95.5. So in the past near decade in the NFL, the number one and two sack guys are now a member of that Arizona Cardinal defense. Watt with 101 career sacks. He's the fourth player in history ever to have 100 sacks or more in 120 games. The other three, Reggie White, Bruce Smith, DeMarcus Ware. Five-time Pro Bowler, five-time first-team All-Pro. Again, to put that in perspective, five-time first-team All-Pro. Larry Fitzgerald in his career only once first-team All-Pro. He's going to turn 32 in three weeks. He is a three-time NFL Defensive Player of the Year, J.J. Watt. Even last year, in 2020, with only five sacks, graded out as a top-ten defensive lineman by Pro Football Focus. Now, Jeff, I want to bring you in for this real quick. I was thinking about this today. When you factor in the buzz, right, moving the meter, getting the nation talking, getting Arizona sports fans off their seat, and on their feet saying, what? Are you kidding me? Where does this rank in all-time free agent signings from a buzz factor standpoint? Not in terms of how they worked out, because I'll get to that list next. I mean, I, I think of this, this, this move is just so much different because we're so used to having that... Um, that play up to the actual signing all that tension building up this is like a balloon just popping right this is like a volcano that you did not know was going to erupt exactly as opposed to a tsunami that you saw five miles out so the the for me when you look at buzz factor and it's a little difficult to compare number one on my list 
because when number one on my list happened, the internet was essentially just a few years old. There was no social media. There was ESPN, but you pretty much just had SportsCenter on for a half hour at 6 and a half hour at 10. There was sports radio, but it wasn't the monster it is today. Certainly not nationally. But when you look at the buzz factor that Randy Johnson signing in 1998 brought to the Arizona Diamondbacks and the buzz factor around Major League Baseball, Randy Johnson signing with an expansion team, that was rather large. Because you factor in the expansion team component to that. Here's one of the great pitchers in the game signing with an expansion team. Are you kidding me? So the the, the meter moved wildly after that signing. So for me, that is number one. And I got to tell you, I'm going to put Watt right at number two. The out of the nowhere factor. The, 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 the future Hall of Famer, the three-time NFL Defensive Player of the Year, you know, the, the fact he's still only 31, the, the sack numbers, you know, the injuries aside, it's no guarantee it never is. But in pure buzz scenarios, J.J. Watt's my number two. Can you think of an – I'll give you my number three real quick. It's, it's Zach Greinke. But can you think of any other ones that would even penetrate Watt for number two behind Randy Johnson? Do you think Watt is ahead of Randy Johnson? I know Randy Johnson's a little bit before your time. You're a younger guy. But trust me on that one. That was big. Yeah, I uh, unfortunately, when uh, I finally got old enough to start remembering things, Randy Johnson was already uh, I get it. a valued okay. member of the team. But I do, I do remember last year, not... Quite the buzz that this got, but there were some people who said, "Oh man, this Madison Bumgarner signing could this almost looks like Randy Johnson back in '98." Right, but you know, here's the here, right. Here's the here. If, if Bumgarner had signed with the D-backs after that, immediately after that stretch of the three World Series, I would give you that. But Bumgarner had kind of dropped a little bit before the D-backs got him. Yeah. You know, and, and, and wasn't maybe in really high demand. But Granky, though... Granky was at the top of his game. Granky was at the top of his game. Now, listen, if you remember the reason why the D-backs got him, that was purely because of money. Okay, the, the, the D-backs gave the extra year at $30 million that the Giants and the Dodgers were not willing to give. So that was also out of the blue, too. That was a Wow! The D-backs just signed Zach Granke. I mean, that was incredible. From a buzz factor standpoint, to me, Randy Johnson, J.J. Watt, Zach Granke. I mean, to me, those moved the meter on the day they happened more than any other free agent signing in Arizona sports history. Now, if I'm forgetting somebody or you disagree, hit me up on Twitter, at TimRingTV. It's open for discussion. It's just an opinion. Uh, it doesn't make anybody right or wrong. Where would you place Steve Nash? Well, that's a great question. Okay, so from a buzz factor, okay, when Steve Nash signed out of Dallas, okay, in 2004, Nash was a good point guard in the NBA, kind of a fringe all-star guy that had a good thing going with Nowitzki and the upstart Mavs and Mark Cuban, but 
Great segue to my other list, the top free agent signings when it comes to results. What were the best free agent signings, period, in Arizona sports history? Now, my number one is the same as the number one on the buzz factor. You cannot deny Randy Johnson's signing with the Diamondbacks in 98 is regarded as one of the best free agent signings in baseball history. So it's got to be number one on this list because it produced four Cy Youngs immediately and a World Series. And at last check, it's the only professional sports team championship of the four majors in Phoenix. So that's got to be number one. Number two is where it gets interesting. To me, I'm going to give Kurt Warner the edge over Nash because Warner got his team to the Super Bowl as opposed to Nash, who did not get his team to the NBA Finals. Nash, to me, comes in at number three. When he signs in 2004, the team improves by 33 games and, of course, wins two MVPs, and the rest is history. One of the great point guards to ever play the game And that was solidified by stint number two in Phoenix. So there's no question about it. Randy Johnson, Kurt Warner, and Steve Nash, in my opinion, from a results standpoint, were the three greatest free agent signings in Arizona sports history. But the Warner, certainly the Warner didn't have any buzz. And I'm not sure the buzz around Nash, Jeff, in 2004, equaled the buzz around what today or the buzz around Granky in 2015? Hmm. Uh, and we we were talking about this a bit before the show. If we're going to uh, add one quick, uh, a bit of a curveball, because we don't think about this team Here we go. as often as we do the other teams. DDA Drogba signs with Phoenix Rising, gets brought in as an owner, and instantly that team goes from, oh, we have a soccer team, to a team that has its own stadium, is constantly rumored to be hopefully being promoted to the MLS. But clearly you're a soccer guy. Here's, here's, where, here's where I'm going to go with you on this one. No, Didier Drogba did not create the buzz that, <laughs> that Zach Certainly Reinke, didn't create no, the buzz here. here. But here's what I'm going to give you. I guarantee you, globally... The Drogba signing with the Rising and the move to play with the Rising globally impacted more people than Zach Greinke signing with the D-backs. Globally, on this planet, more people cared about Drogba's move to Phoenix than they did Greinke's move to Phoenix. I will give you that. I will give I will give you that. There you go. I got a little soccer talk here tonight on the rundown. Let's take a break. When we come back, uh, get back to J.J. Watt. Lewis Riddick of ESPN weighing in on where J.J. Watt may fit in on Vance Joseph's defense. It's the rundown. Tim Ring in for Luke Lipinski, Arizona Sports, 98.7. The rundown, 98.7 FM. Arizona's sports station. All right, ripping through a Monday night here on the Rundown. Tim Ring in for Luke Lipinski. Jeff Darge behind the glass. Darge in charge behind the glass. Having some fun that last segment talking about uh, the top free agent signings in Arizona sports history from a buzz factor standpoint on the day it happened and then also a results standpoint when it was all said and done. One guy was number one on both lists, and that's the big unit, Randy Johnson. 
The other guys were on one list, but not the other. All right, we're moving along. Uh, J.J. Watt, again, uh, signing the two-year deal with the Arizona Cardinals, a move that was completely uh, out of nowhere, blindsiding pretty much everybody outside of the Cardinals organization and the J.J. Watt camp. As many as nine teams uh, were in the hunt for Watt. Uh, The conventional wisdom was that this guy was going to chase a ring, um, and make that a prominent factor in his decision. Not that the Cardinals can't win a ring during the two years that he's here, uh, but when you factor in the Packers and the Bills and some other teams that we're interested in, uh, they are playoff teams. And two of those teams were in their respective conference championship games just last season. But J.J. Watt, uh, lured to the desert, perhaps for money, perhaps by weather, perhaps by a team and a roster that he feels uh, will be a good culture fit uh, with him. Speaking of culture and fit, Lewis Riddick always does a real nice job on ESPN breaking things down. A lot of people think Lewis Riddick is going to be a GM soon in this league. Here's what Riddick had to say today about Watt fitting in on that Arizona defense and in that Arizona locker room. In Arizona, there's no doubt. He will have a positive impact on a guy like Isaiah Simmons. He'll have a positive impact on a guy like Chandler Jones, who's one of the best pass rushers this league has seen, as I laid out earlier, in the past five years. If they can get a Hassan Reddick signed to a free agent contract and get him back in the fold, can you imagine Reddick, Watt, Chandler Jones, Isaiah Simmons on third down with Vance Joseph and his creativity as far as designing different, different pressure packages? That's exactly what you want in today's NFL. In, a, in an NFL that is all quarterback-driven right now, the only way to combat them is to have guys like this. Uh, that's Lewis Riddick. Now, he brings up an interesting point about Hassan Reddick. Now, what does the signing mean today for Reddick? Now, the Cardinals could have picked up that option, paid Reddick about $10 million to play next year. If they franchised him, this year would cost about $16 million. So essentially, they're paying J.J. Watt what they would have to pay Hassan Reddick had they franchised him. Now, what I would imagine the Cardinals may do here is, hey, Hassan, go out on the open market, see what you can get, and come back to us. But you have to wonder now if this signifies the end of Hassan Reddick's time in Arizona. And you have to wonder if the Cardinals go by a four-year body of work with this young man and not just an eight-game body of work when he knew he was in a contract year. And the sack total looks real nice, but five of them came in one game. You can't, you can't take that away. The sacks were the sacks. You know, but do you want to start throwing away, not throwing away, throwing out big money based on a guy who had a career game that really helped inflate the sack totals on the season. You credit the young man for finally finding his game and making an impact as a former first round pick. But you have to wonder now if the Cardinals decided we're going to spend our money defensively on JJ Watt and not Hassan Reddick. Now, if they can get Reddick back on an organizational friendly deal, I'm sure Steve Kime would be willing to talk about that. What are other teams going to give Hassan Reddick on the open market? Patrick Peterson, what does it mean for Peterson? You know, that's another question. 
again, there's less money now for Patrick Peterson. And even before the J.J. Watt signing, you know, there was some sentiment that, you know, this this relationship between Peterson and the Cardinals was coming to an end. Now, the Cardinals and the Peterson camp denied that. Peterson denied it himself. Um, but, you know, this is a relationship that's been frayed over the last few years. He's getting older. Has he lost a step? I don't know. You know, that's for other people to determine. Um, he's been a great player. There is no question about it. You know, but do the Cardinals want to spend the money it'll take, you know, to bring an aging quarter cornerback back? At the same time, somebody's got to cover somebody in 2021. You know, and that's not exactly a position of strength for the Cardinals. Byron Murphy, second-round pick, is he ready to take that leap? And if you go corner in the first round at 16, and there are some good ones, Caleb Farley, Virginia Tech, Sertan out of Alabama, Horn, South Carolina, Samuel, Florida State, there's some good ones. But boy, when you are putting your faith in a rookie, even if he's a first-round pick, at that position, hmm, rolling the dice. So I don't know what that means for Patrick Peterson. You know, I do know this. uh, The Cardinals have served notice that they are not going to sit back in the toughest division in football and let everybody else, you know, collect prizes and talent and make strides, you know, while the Cardinals sit back and try to build through the draft and time time signings, guys on prove-it deals. Now, Steve Kime went out and targeted J.J. Watt and he got him. All right, so in the arms race that is the NFC West, the Cardinals just fired a pretty big bullet today with J.J. Watt in the fold. And I know he's missed a lot of games over the last five years. But at 31, again, a broken leg and a torn pec, for my money, those injuries heal. I, I don't see those injuries being a factor going forward for him. Now, you could say, well, it's a sign his body's breaking down. You know, what? what's next, Tim? Or, you know, he had some unlucky injuries. Now he's ready to roll. He's 31. He's got a lot of good football left. A lot of good football left. The torn pec was in 2019. The broken leg was in 2017. Back surgery in 2016. So he's trending the right way. He played 16 games last year. Now, I know he only had five sacks, but you talk to people that cover the Texans, that defense didn't have a whole lot. Every offensive game plan was designed to either double-team Watt, take Watt away, or just simply run away from J.J. Watt. There was one guy you had a game plan for, it was J.J. Watt. Teams can do that. J.J. Watt with Chandler Jones and some more talent around him, you may see those numbers rise for the Arizona Cardinals in 2021. Let's take a break. We come back a little bit more on this. Uh, Hard Knocks. Would you like to see HBO and their cameras invade Glendale for training camp? Cardinals are one of five possible teams that could be featured on the summer hit. Hard Knocks. Could happen. Also, Could J.J. Watt not 
be wearing number 99 as a member of the Arizona Cardinals. I'll tell you why it might not happen. It's the rundown. Tim Ringan for Luke Lipinski, Arizona Sports 98.7. Luke Lipinski enjoying the night off, much-deserved night off. For the great Luke Lipinski, I'm Tim Ring filling in for Luke up until 8 o'clock. Got about 28 more minutes. On what's been a wild day, J.J. Watt day, kind of like a big red Monday here in Arizona. All Cardinals all the time as J.J. Watt out of nowhere inks a two-year deal uh, with the Arizona Cardinals. Now, a couple things. Speaking of out of nowhere, uh, John McClain, a writer for the Houston Chronicle, super surprised. They're going to hear from him in a second, so stand by for that. Uh, Really interesting things to say. Uh, But a couple of interesting things. I touched on it last hour, but just in case you missed it, uh, the Cardinals, even before the signing of J.J. Watt, uh, were one of five teams uh, in the hopper for HBO's Hard Knocks this August. Obviously, the Cardinals have never appeared on the show. Uh, They are one of five teams that if they are chosen, they must do it. Uh, They do not have an option to opt out. You wonder now, J.J. Watt, certainly a kind of a popular figure, a good TV, as they say, on a new team, uh, certainly would be enticing to the producers at HBO, no doubt about it. Uh, the Cardinals have a, a very handsome head coach, if you will, uh, a polarizing quarterback uh, trying to make the leap in his third year. Uh, I got to wonder if uh, the Cardinals would be high on the list uh, of HBO and NFL Films uh, to be the team featured in Hard Knocks in 2021. You know, I know a lot of the organizations don't care for that. Uh, a lot of the veterans certainly don't. Uh, the show has evolved into really, you know, after some pre-produced features on the veterans, has kind of really evolved into a show about the team's rookies as they follow their plight through camp. I get that. We don't know who the Cardinals' rookies will be. Uh, but at the end of the day, I just think it's great exposure for the organization and for the team. I think it brings in fans from around the entire country. I think fans get to know the players. They get to know the roster. And they get to know these guys as people a little bit. I think it's a good thing from a branding standpoint for your organization to be a part of that show, even though from a football standpoint, teams would probably rather not do it. Also, J.J. Watt's entire career has worn number 99. The Cardinals back in the 50s retired number 99. It's up there on the Ring of Honor at State Farm Stadium. Marshall Goldberg, back when running backs wore numbers like 99. Now, would J.J. Watt want 99? A lot of times veterans come to a new team and they want a new start and they want a new number. A lot of veterans want their same number. It's very important to them. I don't know where J.J. Watt would stand on that. If he wants number 99 and it's important to him, what would the Cardinals do? Would they make an effort to get him number 99? There is some precedent. Peyton Manning wanted number 18 when he signed with the Broncos years ago. That number was retired, still is. Frank Trapuca wore number 18 for the Broncos back in the day. Peyton Manning and the Broncos contacted the Trapuca family, and they gave Peyton Manning permission to wear number 18. So if the Cardinals wanted to go down that road, and J.J. Watt did, would they contact the Goldberg family and ask if J.J. Watt 
could wear number 99 during his time in Arizona. Now, J.J. Watt ending up in Arizona, a surprise to just about everybody, including those who cover the Houston Texans. John McClain's been doing it forever, and even he had no idea that J.J. Watt had the Cardinals on his radar. Well, first of all, I'm shocked. I never had the Cardinals in my list of the top five, never even thought of the Cardinals, because Watt wanted to go, we thought, to a Super Bowl contender, and he wanted to have fun again. Well, he can have fun out there, of course, in a great city, great stadium, playing for a fun coach, and Cliff Kingsbury, and he knows the defensive coordinator, Vance Joseph, because Vance's first year here as secondary coach under Wade Phillips was Watt's first year here in 2011. And then Watt started next to Angelo Blackson when Angelo was here. So he's got people, of course, Hopkins first and foremost. And as I wrote for our website, there's at least one game for Texans fans to get excited about next season, and that's because of Watt and Hopkins and the Cardinals. Yeah, the Texans and Cardinals play next year. That game is here in Arizona. The schedule is not out. We don't know when. Uh, For the Texans, I guess it's too bad that game is not in Houston. That would be quite the sight uh, for J.J. Watt and DeAndre Hopkins to saunter back onto that field uh, next fall. But no, the game will be here in Arizona. Uh, you know, and in terms of what John McClain is saying, a lot of people thought that. You know, they they thought that J.J. Watt, you know, would have kind of a team that is, you know, oh, this close to a Super Bowl high on his list. Especially going home maybe to Green Bay or going to Buffalo or going to Cleveland, playoff team, going to Pittsburgh where his brothers are. Uh, but clearly J.J. Watt had other ideas. And some of them may have been financial. There's no doubt about it. The Cardinals may have come up with a package that was, you know, if not up there as the very best, certainly in the top two or three. And then all the other factors weighed heavily with the Cardinals as well in terms of being in their favor. And J.J. Watt factored in everything, financial package and otherwise, and decided that the Cardinals were the best fit. But with money being a, a very big factor. And whether or not another team may have offered a few more dollars, notwithstanding, the Cardinals certainly stepped up to the plate financially with $31 million and $23 million guaranteed for J.J. Watt uh, in two years. Uh, real quick, want to uh, touch on the Suns, as we've talked extensively, uh, exclusively, almost about J.J. Watt uh, here tonight. Uh, the Suns, uh, a really sloppy game last night in Minnesota, uh, but... Devin Booker with 43 points, 23 or 21 points in the third quarter. It took that game over and refused to let the Suns lose. Now, the Suns began the game shooting horribly. They were throwing the ball all over the gym like they were a nine-year-old I-9 team. I mean, they were really, really bad. If they were playing any other team in the league, they probably would have been down by 20 points in the second quarter. But they were playing the god-awful Timberwolves, so it was a close game. Suns were kind of in control. Uh, Then in the third quarter, just like that, it was a 20-point game, game over. Suns are 14-3 in their last 17. 10-1 with Frank Kaminsky in the starting lineup. I think that's been key from a chemistry standpoint. Devin Booker, Western Conference Player of the Week for the second time in a month. He's an all-star, as you know. Suns and Lakers tomorrow night. That's a good old-fashioned litmus test game. 
8 o'clock start. That game is in L.A. Staples Center. Then a night off. Then the Suns host the Warriors on Thursday. Another 8 o'clock game. And then the All-Star break for a week. Suns' first game back after the break, March 11th at Portland. Really impressed last night. A game that the Suns had a loss written all over their faces. They did not bring the energy and effort. 20 degrees in Minneapolis. Cold, horrible opponent. Empty gym. Lakers 48 hours later in L.A. But Devin Booker decided, you know what? We're not going to lose this game. I got it. I'll take care of it. And he took over in the third quarter. Game over. 43 in the game. Willed his team to victory. And you know what? Only hit one three-pointer, too. Booker was taking it to the rack, dunking it left-handed, had the mid-range game working. Real impressive night for Devin Booker. Not only with the 43 points, but I thought the mental toughness to say, you know what? My teammates aren't there tonight. I'll take over myself, get us a W, and get out of here. That's what winning teams do. That's what all-star players do. ASU was supposed to play Washington State today at 1 o'clock. There's a team trying to crawl back to the 500 mark. Not that it really matters. You'd think maybe they could make a run in the Pac-12 tournament, but highly doubtful. So that game was canceled, postponed, probably will not be replayed. They play at Colorado on Thursday, at Utah on Saturday, and then it's the Pac-12 tournament beginning on March 10th. ASU clearly will have to win the tournament to have a chance or to, to make the NCAA tournament. They'll have to win the Pac-12 tournament. They're not going to get an at-large bid. So this season, certainly with the arrival of Josh Christopher and Marcus Badley, Bagley has been uh, a disappointment. D-backs fall to the Brewers today. 7-1 the final in eight innings. Merrill Kelly got the start. Two runs, one hit, five Ks, two innings. D-backs offense, not much cooking. Only one run on four hits in the game. So the D-backs are now 0-2 in Cactus League play who cares about the record right now all right we'll take a break coming up final block final thoughts on the cardinal signing of jj watt is he a big missing piece of the playoff puzzle or do the cardinals still have too many holes to fill for one man to turn this team into a contender tim ring for luke lipinski it's the rundown arizona sports 98.7 on a monday I was arrested uh-huh. on a Tuesday. They locked me in the jail. Poor boy. On a Wednesday, my trial was attested. On a Thursday, they said guilty, and the judge's gavel fell. I got striped. All right, a little Johnny Cash, 747 on a Monday. Yeah, on a Monday, I was arrested. Tim Ring in for Luke Lipinski. It is the rundown. Final segment today on what a day, what a day it was. You know, I think when the news breaks shortly before 11 o'clock, J.J. Watt has dominated the airwaves between Bickley and Murata, Burns and Gamble, and now here on the rundown. And this is one of those days that you say, and rightfully so, uh, because the Arizona Cardinals not only improved their team, they signed a future Hall of Famer who's 31 years of age. He'll be 32 in a couple of weeks. They made their team a whole lot better. They made their locker room a lot better. They got a guy who's great in the community, and they got a guy who just maybe, just maybe, uh, can help them take the next step to not only becoming a playoff team, but a team that can do some damage once they get there. And that is a good thing. Because 
you know what? In years past, this has not been Steve Kimes' M.O. Doesn't go after the big fish in free agency. Waits. Plays it cool. Let's the dust settle. Time time, guys. Okay. The guys who missed the first wave, who thought maybe they'd go first wave, get them a little cheaper. Or you get the guys on the one-year prove-it deal. It's worked for him in the past. Not knocking that. John Abraham, list goes on and on and on. But he usually doesn't go after the big fish like a J.J. Watt. And this year he did, and he got his man. Now, not everybody is sold. Not everybody's sold. You know, Sean Salisbury says he won't sniff a ring over the next two years in Arizona. And our resident, you know, Cardinal skeptic, Keyshawn Johnson, who apparently doesn't think much of the way we play football out here in the desert, had this to say earlier today on Burns and Gambo. I don't know what they're going to be next year, but you can't tell me adding a defensive end and a pass rush specialist all of a sudden is getting ready to catapult to them to the top of the NFC West when the Rams are there gotten better with the quarterback situation and the number one defense even though they lost the defensive coordinator which would be interesting to me to see the San Francisco team that should be getting healthy players back and the Seattle team that should fix their offensive line because Russell Wilson isn't going anywhere but they got you know DK Metcalf and a whole bunch of other quality players, especially on the defensive side of the ball, they continue to get better at. They just need to replace Greg Olson, who retired to take a job in television, and I'm sure they'll do that with the tight end spot. I just don't I don't see where all of a sudden Arizona's going to go from where they were to the top of the heap. But it's better than not signing him, Keyshawn. I mean, nobody's saying, okay, pencil the Cardinals into the Super Bowl next year. But the point remains, and Kurt Warner made it earlier today, you're closer to a championship with J.J. Watt. Yeah, you're in the toughest division in football. We get that. So correct me if I'm wrong. If you're the Cardinals, you'd rather have J.J. Watt on your team than not. And I know there's a lot of armchair GMs out there that are like, well, we could take that money and we could get this and that and we could do this and that. And he's got a lot of injury things and, you know, this is a luxury item. Okay. And, and maybe in three years that will be the case. But there are a lot of people that said don't sign Chris Paul or don't acquire Chris Paul. Don't get a point guard that age for $50 million a year. You insane? Don't do that. You need great players. To win. Newsflash, right? (laughs) J.J. Watt's a great player. If his body does not fail him, he will be a great player again. And he will elevate the players in that locker room and on the field, making his teammates better. Making the culture better. The Arizona Cardinals got better today. They are better equipped to go to war with the Seahawks and the 49ers and the Rams tonight at 7.52 than they were this morning at 7.52. So guys like Keyshawn Johnson can poo-poo the signing. It's not going to make that big of a deal. It is a big deal. They got better. 
They got one of the great players to ever play that position. He'll be 32 when the season kicks off. And again, if he doesn't have another fluke injury, like a broken leg or a torn pec, he will dominate again. I promise you. And the Cardinals will be a better team for it. Yeah, they still have holes. They've got a problem at receiver outside of DeAndre Hopkins. They've got a problem at cornerback, especially if Patrick Peterson goes elsewhere. We all get that. We're not stupid, but they're not done yet. The real free agency period hasn't even begun yet. The draft hasn't happened yet. Let them go to work. But on this day, March 1st, they went out and got the biggest fish in the pond, convinced them to play football in Arizona, and they are a better team for it, and that's the bottom line. 101 career sacks, five-time first-team All-Pro, three-time NFL Defensive Player of the Year. Graded out just last year as one of the top defensive linemen by Pro Football Focus. The fourth NFL player ever to record 100 sacks in 120 games behind Hall of Famers Reggie White and Bruce Smith and also DeMarcus Ware. The accolades are there. The production is there. The leadership is there. The elevation of the culture and the locker room is there. The Cardinals went out and got their guy. And I know you can't compare the NBA to the NFL because it's a smaller roster and a starting five as opposed to 22 starters. But you look at what Chris Ball did to the Suns. Great players make those around them great. You have to have great players to make a difference in this league, in any league. And the Cardinals just went out out and got their guy. All right. I am running out of time. J.J. Watt, much more on this signing tomorrow, no doubt. Doug and Wolf, it happened after they went off the air, so they haven't gotten their licks in yet. So you get four more hours of J.J. Watt talk tomorrow morning out of Doug and Wolf. I'm sure they're going to have some great guests lined up. Uh, You heard from Wolf earlier tonight. He's fired up. So more J.J. Watt talk tomorrow morning, no doubt about it, uh, as we continue the week here on Arizona Sports 98.7. I'm Tim Ring, filling in for Luke Lipinski. I enjoyed it. I had a ball. I'll be back in for Luke on Wednesday, and then doing Suns halftime in postgame on Thursday when they take on the Warriors. Don't forget Suns and Lakers tomorrow night, 8 o'clock start in L.A. So for Jeff Darge, I'm Tim Ring, filling in for Luke. Have a great Monday night, everybody. Enjoy J.J. Watt now a member of the Arizona Cardinals.